This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. That symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony. It's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, Jerry. Oh, my word. Really, really terrible. Was that a glockenspiel, Jerry? Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Uh, no, Jerry. It's over. Behind home plate, we bringing it to a all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Bird. You like that, Matt? What happened? It cut out. Yeah, it cut out because I dropped my drink right on my trackpad. <laughs> And it slammed it. So let's restart. All right, restart, restart it. Real quick. Restart it. Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this. So tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? from section 336 ladies and gentlemen boys and girls baltimore sports fans of all ages welcome to section 336 next generation of baltimore sports talk i am your endearly sounding host matt Roca. as always i'm joined by the button lover josh Roca. hey matt how you doing a little bit of rocky start there but i think we're good now everything's working yeah i think we're set yeah unlike the ravens we start off rocky but then finish strong Oh yeah, yeah. Fourth quarter here is, is the, that, some of the best. Yeah, that's stuff. where we thrive. Um, unlike, unlike your you know, Ravens. You know, I always put it at the end of the show, and I always say we should talk about it at the beginning of the show. But at the end of the show last week, we came up with a good idea for our Patreon members. So if you go on over and support us on Patreon by going to section three thirty six and click the support button three thirty six section three thirty six dot com, click the support button. You can join our Patreon for $3.36 a month. And uh, we gave away a T-shirt to all the Patreon members this summer. And this week, all our Patreon members got Christmas ornaments. that They could pick either a Section 336 or a Charm City Orioles-themed uh, Christmas ornament. Oh, look at Section so 336 spreading off. Christmas cheer. I love it, Josh. Yeah, yeah nice. Uh, yeah, or or happy holiday cheer, How, whatever you want to celebrate. Yeah, all right. We sent you a, a holiday ornament for being a Patreon member. So check that out. Go on over to Section Three Thirty Six support. Yeah, we are Patreon. We members. appreciate the support, and we got it. We got a third person today, Josh. Did you know that? Oh yeah, I didn't see. There's a third box up there. Yeah, we're joined. All right. Yeah, you want to introduce him? Huh? Well, I just, I just turned on the nameplates because oh, I ben thought hey, you might forget Ben's name. Yeah, hey, Ben. So I said, hey, let me throw up Ben Schneider's name. Yeah, from Fansided. Hi, Ben. Hi. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. You happy to be here? Yeah. Ben, you know, I think ahead, ben, ben is our is the first person, we our first guest from Fansided slash Birdwatcher, Birdswatcher. And you know what else you can find over there? 
is our podcast. There you go. Because we're the official Orioles podcast of Birds Watcher, which means we should have these guys on more. But I, but Ben got our attention mid-show last week, if you remember. Right. We were was, Yeah, because you obnoxiously, and I'm glad to have someone else here talk about because I'm sick of just talking to Josh about it, but Josh obnoxiously brings up this Otani. We can't mention trades without hey. talking about this pipe dream of Otani. It's obnoxious. Um, I mean, it's pretty amazing that there's one guy that could fit all of our needs. <laughs> yeah, I it's mean, not that's how, call me obnoxious, that's how but it seems like feels an easy about it too. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but Ben, I, before we get into that, I, mm-hmm. Ben, this is our first time chatting and it's nice to meet you. I do. Like I looked at your, your bio on birds watcher and it, your, there's two sentences there that brought to mind about 50 questions um please ask away yeah so what's your kind of background with the orioles i see like it says you graduated from uh mcgill university and i had to look that up that's the one in Mm -hmm. in canada yes i went to school in montreal and so what's your background where 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 are you from why did you go to school in montreal are are you canadian i have so many questions Uh, no i i have no canadian in me which is extremely rare for for mcgill students so i'm i'm from boston i still i still live here in enemy territory. Um, but, uh, I, I was looking for a good English program in the Northeast, which is, you know, even in another country, Quebec is still the Northeast. Right. Um, and McGill's right in the city. So there's, a, there's a lot of fun things to do, uh, and a good program. So yeah, I, I went there, had a good time, graduated this year. And, uh, on that, nice. note, I, I even started a new job today. Oh, look at you. This is a, a big day for you, Ben. Not yeah. only on 336, but starting a new job. Um, if I may ask, Ben, what are you doing? I'm working at an educational toy store. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Getting my, that's getting my feet wet in retail. I feel like I didn't even know when I was looking at possibilities of where to go to college. I didn't even know that Canada was an option. I feel like I limited myself. It's definitely <laughs> an option. More people should know about it because it's so much cheaper for oh, is it really? we're used to. Because, you know, other countries actually care about people, you know, having a, a sustainable life after college. So it was right. it's definitely a good I, I, That's cool. Yeah. I didn't know they, right. I didn't know they taught college in Canada. I thought Canadians <laughs> all just came to America. Oh, is that what you yes. thought, Josh? So, yeah. Montreal, okay. Josh, the typical arrogant American. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Montreal is more of a mixed city. Like Quebec is definitely the French part of Canada, but Montreal is like the English part of Quebec, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are two French universities, but there's also two English universities within the city. Oh, that's interesting. So, so why are you not a Red Sox fan? So my dad is from Maryland. If, that's if the Orioles connection. He grew he grew up with the 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 Orioles and the Washington football team before the Nationals and Ravens existed. So we're kind of we're kind of divided along the Beltway, um, uh, but but yeah, the Orioles are definitely my favorite team across sports, and the the one I I freely devote my my, my time to writing about. Yeah, I, I wonder about your father. The the you know I'm in a similar situation where I just moved to Atlanta. I mean, I just moved to Macon uh, outside Atlanta, and I have a five year old son who's just getting into baseball, and I'm faced with this dilemma. Do I let him grow up to be, you know, do I push the Orioles fandom on him here in, in Atlanta or do I let him go with the home team and the Braves? And I think, honestly, your life would have probably been better off so far being a Boston fan as opposed to an Orioles fan. 
So I'm not sure if your dad did right by you. It was tough living through the dark years. I mean, that was true (laughs) of people in Maryland and that who could complain about it to other Orioles fans. It was really tough in 2007 (laughs) when the Orioles were awful and the Red Sox won it all again. Um, I'm I'm dating myself here, but 07 is about as far back as my my sports fandom goes. Yeah, and that's yeah. And let's listen. I mean, I'm just we're just coming off of a couple years ago a Braves World Series, so. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But hopefully now, I feel like morally and ethically, raising my son to be an Orioles fan, I think I'm not setting him up for the life of a life of doom. I think we're on the right track now. I think hopefully the dark ages are are past us. <laughs> hopefully. So I'm not I'm not hundred percent convinced. I don't know. Let's let's talk next week about that. Because we that's right. we keep pushing off the out of state fan mm-hmm. episode. So let's do that next week. And talk about, yeah, if you're going to, if how we do that, and if Silas is going to be mad at you for being raised an Orioles fan years from now when he's Ben's age. Yeah, exactly. I, only time will tell. Um, though the Braves are a really well run organization and lock up other players. I'm, <laughs> I would feel, I would feel even so much better about this whole thing if like the Orioles would just like sign one young player to a long term deal. I would feel even just a little bit more comfort that, okay. We're locking these guys up. We're we're in it for real. Um, right. But another yeah. way Sign, they could show trade. Their, what's that? Sign big blockbuster trade. Anything like that would help. Yeah, like another way they could show is by is by making a a big trade. I feel like the um my and let's get into some trade talk. So my my take on this, and then we can get to Otani too. Much to my annoyance. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you want to get rid of the pipe dream first and then talk about some realistic stuff? I guess we can start there. What's interesting, though, about the Otani thing, first of all, the Angels have shown no signs of going into rebuilding, right? Like, mm-hmm. they have not put him on the market. They, in fact, who they no. signed, Tyler Anderson, I think they, they, they signed in free agency. Um, I expect them to be active in free agency because they seem to always be. Um, even though there aren't... And maybe you guys come with this. Aren't they in a weird state too, where they're looking at changing ownership? Aren't they looking to sell the team yeah, too? Right. They're, yes, they're looking to sell the team. So to me, the first half of the Angel season is going to be fascinating because if they start off to a really poor start, there's going to be a lot of pressure to to trade Otani. Where if if they start off well, I think it's very unlikely. Um, ben, I know you wrote. An article about it you got kind of fans opinions about it um what's your take on the whole kind of otani pipe dream so i will start off by saying that as of now it is a pipe dream the angels have said they're not trading otani they've already acquired three good major leaguers like by all accounts unless you're living under a rock by all accounts the angels are going forward in 2023 and and in doing so they're keeping their best player or second best i mean depending on Trotter Otani, yeah. like you can't go wrong, but the the Angels aren't. It really looks like they're not going to trade him. But here's why I think there is reason for optimism. The Angels are in the middle of a sale, and I think potential buyers would be very wary of the very wary of their uh, financial situation right now. I mean, the Angels are approaching or maybe crossing record payroll at the moment. Not that that bothers me. I want teams to spend and pay players. Um, but Otani already agreed to a, a, a contract for next year for 30 million, which is much more than he would have gotten in arbitration. Um, the angels know he's 
possibly the best player in the league. Uh, and they rewarded him for that, which is a good thing, but they're hamstringing themselves in the process. Uh, so I think it not only does it make financial sense, but it also makes competitive sense to some, to some extent because the angels have so many needs on their roster they can get whatever they want for Otani. Like you, every, almost every team wants him. The ones who don't are, are the ones stuck in a rebuild who aren't trying. Like we're used to seeing from the Orioles for a few years, but not anymore. Um, but they, they could get so much uh, for much cheaper financially than what they're paying Otani. Uh, and this brings up the, the, the reader uh, trade proposal that I, I, I received and wrote about last week. Uh, we had a, a fan on Twitter who wrote in saying uh, he called it a boatload. Like he, 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 as he knew, as well as you and I knew that this would be a lot to give up, but he's this one reader, King of Fedoras, uh, you know, funny Twitter handle. Uh, he was willing to give up Jackson holiday, R- Ramon Arias, Colton Cower, Cowser, Kyle Bradish, Deal Hall, uh, and Kobe Mayo just for just for one season of Otani because we think I, I'm sure he'll sign with a West Coast team when, once he reaches free agency. We we'd be giving the Orioles would be giving up all of that talent, very affordable talent for one season of Otani. And if you look at it as a purely you know surplus war value trade, the Orioles would get slammed. But that's not how baseball works. When teams have an opportunity to go for it and win, they have to take that. We saw that the Mariners did that last year. They overpaid for Luis Castillo, and so far it's working. He's a great pitcher and helped them make a win a win a playoff round. And the Mariners are set up for another few years. Good for them. Um, I personally think this is too much to give up for Otani. Not that I wouldn't take the trade if the Angels said this this deal or nothing. I would take it. Because Otani, as Josh said, he solves all the Orioles' problems. He's he's a frontline starter and a middle of the order bat at the same time. I mean, you really can't do better in free agency or a trade. Aaron Judge doesn't pitch. Justin Verlander doesn't hit. They're not going to do better better from one player. I think I think they yeah, could I, trade for Otani by overpaying, but not overpaying to this extent. Yeah, I, can I just say if. I think that whole trade is insane. I think it's insane. I think it's, and I, I even if you take away ha, 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 Holiday from the deal, mm-hmm. um, I still think it's insane. You take away it's Deal Holiday, it's still, still quite insane. a lot. Yes. Yeah, and well, it's insane because, because like 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 you said, it's a one year deal, mm-hmm. and we're coming off a year where we didn't even make the playoffs, <laughs> and so this idea that that this one guy is going to be the missing now, if you could guarantee, like Shohei means World Series, okay, I'm I'm like sign me up. But there's no guarantee that even with, I mean, the Angels have had Otani for several years. It's <laughs> not improved right. their their playoff, you know, opportunities. But the Orioles have a better supporting cast. I mean, they still have enough other pieces, right? That we got to 83 wins this year with a bunch of guys overperforming and or surprise performing, and and trading making overpaying for Otani actually wouldn't change that much. They would still have Henderson at third. Urias would be at short still. Uh, Vavra can can play a little more second more often. Um, and the rotation, it, they would still have Rodriguez, Kramer, Voth. It, it's not like they would have a fascinating, amazing rotation all of a sudden, but it would be better. The, even get overpaying would still 
still leave enough pieces and it wouldn't, it wouldn't completely tarnish the farm system either. Well, there's no doubt about it, 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 but, but that's, but if if you only cared about 2023, that would Mm -hmm. definitely be the right mode. But if you're trying to survive as a mid-market team, Mm -hmm. like your prospects are your capital, right? Like your prospects, your, 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 your your lifeblood because they're, they're cheap talent. Right. And so to go all in for one year, when well, and a deal know, like I, that would have to be a deal like that would have to be an agreement in place for more than one year for an extension for Otani has to be worked out. But Otani's not going to sign with before that trade happens. So I don't think for the right amount of money, maybe he doesn't have a trade clause. So right amount of money, he might be willing to go anywhere. Maybe, but I, I feel like he's already signed up for the Giants in twenty twenty four. But let's get. Let's let's get to some stuff that could actually happen then. Okay, uh, if we're gonna roll out a Tani. Yeah, that's fine. How about how about your pipe dream? Well, how about the dream of every Oriole fan for the past two years? Who's that? Carlos Correa. Oh, a free agent signing. Okay, you want to stick with trades? Yeah, or you well, want to look at some other? Well, I want to talk a, a couple of trades. I want to talk about two guys' right. names who's been popping up over and over again recently. Uh, Lopez. Pablo Lopez for the Marlins. And recently, this is like, I guess, like I just saw his name everywhere the past two days and someone wrote about it, but Corbin Burns um, uh, trade trade as well. I want to preface this by saying, I think what Ben said about kind of the assets we have, being able to trade some assets and not taking a huge hit to our farm system, I think it's really true. I think we're in an interesting position, right? Here's why almost fundamentally I'm kind of opposed to trades because I'm like, we can sign Radon right without giving right. up any talent we can sign a top rotation arm so why would we give up players when we can just sign someone just for money and it's not my money so i don't care but i think the the reason right that trading with this team right now is so appealing is you look at our our roster right you lost odor at second base chernos as backup catcher pretty much everybody else is coming back in addition to that you have i think four guys in triple a who are top prospects ready to make a contribution like now. Um, and those are Colt Kowser, Jordan, Jordan Westberg. Um, uh, you could also in, in, in include, in, include in that list um, Joey Ortiz and Connor Norby. I think you can also put on that list who showed a lot of power last year. So those four guys are ready to contribute, yet we don't have spaces for all those guys. Um, and I think the other thing that's, and here's the other thing that's appealing to me about trades. And I, I want to get you guys thoughts on Pablo Lopez and, um, Burns, Corbin Burns, Pablo Lopez. I I really, he does nothing for me. He, to, to me, he becomes our maybe second or third best pitcher. You know what? We have a lot of, and Josh and I've talked a lot about this before. We have a lot of good players in our team right now. What we need is elite kind of great players. Um, Corbin Burns is a great player, right? Won the Cy Young a couple years ago. Always kind of consistently in that in the Cy Young voting. He is an elite talent, legit top rotation. So he, the Corbin Burns trade, uh, that, and, he, and we have him, I think, for three years under control. Like that appeals to me a lot more, even than an Otani, which I think is a pipe dream, even than a Pablo Lopez, which doesn't do anything for me because I think he's just another arm that's, you know, another Kyle Bradish or Dean Kramer. But... Burns is is special. That's kind of my take on it. I would we can talk about some cool trade packages for Burns. Eh, L- 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 Lopez is eh. How about you, Ben? Where where are you on Lopez and Burns? 
Uh, I did not come in here expecting to agree with that, but but yeah, I also <laughs> think Lopez is kind of man. Like he, he he's he's a fine pitcher. You know, yeah, I, I would want him on my team. Have. Sure, the Orioles yeah. have four fine pitchers. They need a great pitcher, like you said. Yep. And I yep. think Lopez is he's no better or worse than Jamison Tyone, who I would be pretty unexcited about if the Orioles signed. I'd much rather yep. go out and get Ovaldi or Bassett. I think they'd be much better free agent signings for a similar price. Lopez, of course, is cheaper financially and and uh, a moderate trade cost. I don't think he wouldn't break the bank. A couple of good prospects, but no no one that would really no one that would really make us hurt. Um, so like yeah, if they trade for Lopez, like it'll be fine. But it, I wouldn't be excited. Um, Corbin Burns would be amazing. I'd be shocked if the Brewers dealt him. The Brewers are trying to stay competitive, like the Angels. Um, and Burns is the best player on the team. I mean, uh, and he doesn't cost thirty million. He costs I don't know ten million maybe. Like he, he, which is kind of a lot for a smallish team like the Brewers, but not, but not so so high that they have to trade him like they traded Renfro. Yeah, but but and is that why they traded? And I don't know. Is that why they traded Josh Hader too? Was it a contract? Absolutely, because okay. Hader's going to make something like fifteen million in arbitration, which is which is a lot for a which is kind of a lot for anyone. It's definitely a lot for a closer and the Brewers already have a, have a best reliever in Devin Williams. They can, they can kind of, they're one of the great pitching factories in baseball. They can just churn out relievers. They just find new guys out of independent ball and turn them into big leaguers. So trading Hader definitely hurt the club clubhouse, but I don't think it's going to hurt the team long-term. So, so why see, are all the trade rumors for Corbin Burns? Like why, why am I seeing this everywhere? It's like a mix. It's like the there's. It's I don't think there. I'm not sure there's a word for this, but it's like a in between pipe dream and realism. Like it, like the word is unlikely, but that's that's too simplistic to say. Oh, it's unlikely because that sounds like they would trade him to any team, and the Orioles would just get beat on on price or something. I just yeah. think that they would have to be like so overwhelmed to trade him away at at a at a not so high price. I think people just assume that the Brewers are going to trade their, their higher priced arbitration class. Cause they have a big arbitration class. Um, but the, that's, that's, cheap franchise, that's just yeah. overlooking the talent on the roster. They already subtracted by they non-tendered bread suitor. They traded Renfro. The Brewers don't have such a roster payroll crunch. Like, like they did a couple months ago. It, well, that's fine, but it, it's not even I'm, just, I just kind of searched the news for Corbin Burns and there's an article about um, from the Athletic about the Giants tra- trading for Corbin Burns. There's a thing on Fanduel about teams uh, going for, for Corbin Burns. There's a Dodgers Nation has an article about should the Dodgers trade for Corbin Burns. It seems like every team is mentioned with a possible trade for 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 for, Cor- for Corbin Burns. And I guess it goes back to this idea going back to Hunter Renfro that are the Brewers just going to trade everyone who cost any kind of money, but you're right. They were competitive last year. Um, they don't play in a super great division. There's every reason to think they'll be competitive again, again this year. So to trade their side young pitcher um, would not make sense. But I mean, is this a type of deal too, where the Orioles can say, listen, we got a, a lot of talent in the minors. We can, sure. we yeah. can blow you away. Uh, we and can that, certainly offer, have the best offer. And that's part of why the, the rumors are out there because mm-hmm. You you got to look at what there's very few teams that have good pitching that's in rebuild mode, and 
the Brewers, I guess they're saying they're not trading Burns. They're not in rebuild mode, but yeah, but they're still right because they're not in rebuild mode. Payroll, yeah. So um, that's where I think the Lopez deal really shines because it's a cheap move. We know the Marlins are in rebuild mode, and I think it's also I think all these the reason. Oriole fans are starting to look at trades now is because I think it's one it's two things it's Oriole fans are impatient and no and they hadn't signed a free agent and I think there's many Oriole fans on Twitter and Facebook and stuff that assumed well if the Orioles didn't sign someone in the first week of free agency oh they're not signing anyone so that pushes a lot of these trade rumors there's also a history and a reputation of the Baltimore Orioles that we have to be concerned about as well uh that When's the last big tr- big signing that the Orioles made? They don't have a reputation of it. We've talked before about a reputation of pitchers not wanting to come to Baltimore. So you got to wonder: Do we can we not sign a free agent pitcher because he doesn't want to pitch in Baltimore? We moved the wall and everything ne- last year to kind of prepare for that this year. Mm-hmm. And then I think the third thing you got to look at is how much you believe in last year's Oriole team as a player come in where the Orioles can make a trade and a trade, the team agrees to it. You don't have to convince a player that the Orioles are up and coming. You don't have to convince a player that it's okay to pitch in Camden yards, that it's okay to face the Yankees a bunch. You don't have to do any of that when you're doing a trade. And I think when the Orioles have so much talent in the farm system, it's easy to say you can trade that stuff and bring someone now well like i said before it's like it's a numbers game like there's there at this point i mean if you look at if you look at our top prospects right a bunch of them gunner henderson grace Rodriguez, colton Cowser, jordan westberg dl hall what those are four of our top six are major league ready um and we don't have spots for right. them all right like we, there's not an open outfield spot there's not an open infield spot i mean i think you, you can make one and we can talk about how, how to make one but that's why all of a sudden these are listed as trade candidates is there anyone on that list? And Josh, I first of all, I also think, I don't know. I think we can sign a top pitcher. I I think this has become, I think we are I now believe, a I place believe. that pitchers w- would be okay pitching, both because mm-hmm. the wall. Matt Harvey signed here because he liked our analytics. Like so, I think we're right. Uh, if that works well, we have evidence. Look at Austin. Both we have evidence right. of pitchers and, coming here and getting better. And then yeah. Jordan and Lyles, you know, have any pitcher call Jordan Lyles about his great experience? Um, so I. I think we can be a destination if we're willing to pay. Um, right. I think the years become complicated. How many years are we willing to give these guys? And I, I think maybe if we can overpay but do fewer years. But going back to the trades, is is there someone, Ben, are there players who you think, like I hear Jordan Westberg, just his name a lot in these trade things, situations, for whatever reason. Um, well, not for whatever reason, because he plays shortstop. Yeah, because he's good. And because he's good. Um but are, are there names when you look at our prospect list? Like I know Grace Rodriguez is probably off. Um, I know Gunnar Henderson's not on the you know, not trading him. Are there are there other guys that you think you no know, we can't trade, or are there guys where you think okay it just doesn't make sense? There's no room for him. Here's a prime trade candidate when you look at our prospects. Right. So I think that you you've established the categories pretty well, um, and I, the recent Rule Five protection doesn't really change that. Um, I would say that even though a couple of them are now on the rule five, I would say that they can pretty comfortably trade Joey Ortiz and drew Rom um, because 
I mean, they would, they're like good depth pieces who could make, have nice major league careers, but they're not essential to the Orioles rebuild. Uh, they were both mid round picks who have blossomed into better prospects, which is kind of like a, it's like, it's like a pleasant surprise. I mean, you're not going to say, Oh, we were planning on this. We must have him. Uh, and we're never going to trade him. Joey Ortiz is like a, is like the second coming of Jorge Mateo, but the first coming of Jorge Mateo is still here. Um, mm-hmm. I, I totally agree on Jordan Westberg in my head. Full disclosure, he's like kind of already traded. He's like out of town a bit. Uh, he he's rate he absolutely raked this year. He won the minor league player of the year award in the Orioles. He had a great power output, uh, but he's pretty positionless. Um, and getting rid of the shift only hurts him more because he he would need more range as a second baseman, um, which which is kind of a problem. There's there's a number of guys at the high levels across the minors like this. Like Michael Bush of the Dodgers is basically a DH now, even though he came up uh, as as a pretty nice utility player. Um, but Westberg is like such an obvious trade candidate among prospects because he would help so many teams who need help on offense and can like figure out the position later. But the Orioles already have a number of set positions so they can – kind of piece together which ones, which prospects actually fit into those potentially like Jackson holiday long-term um, or wh- which immediate guy saying, well, if we have three guys that get injured by June, these guys, Joey Ortiz is going to play in the majors, but uh, it's not like we're expecting that to happen. So they, they can, they can comfortably trade some of the middle infielders because they have so many of them. This is what Elias has done best since he took over as drafting and developing position players. Yep. And he spent, I mean, he spent top draft picks on, on mm-hmm. these position players. Um, so it's good. A lot of them have worked out. Um, so let's go back. Let's just, let me, let me just kind of put a bow on this, the Corbin Burns trade. Um, so yeah. So maybe it's, it's closer to a pipe dream than, than, than reality, but what do you think? Certainly less than Otani. What do you think mm-hmm. if we start off with a Jordan Westberg, is it going to need to include a, ho- a ho- holiday to get this deal done? Is it going to need to include a DL Hall to get this deal done? Uh, hang on. Let me just check on his contract status. Uh, Corbin Burns is eligible for free agency after 2025. So he is, they'd be, they'd be trading for three years. Three years, yeah. Which is, right. which is great for the team. It's great for the Major League roster, but that means the prospect price goes way up compared to when you're trading for one year. Uh, right. You can kind of compare this to when the, the Rays traded for Blake Snell, who I'm going to circle back to in a bit because I'm, I'm a Snell fan. Uh, but Corbin Burns, um, as long as he keeps pitching well, which by all accounts he will, his arbitration price will he's, what, he's like, what, 27? He's in his he's 27, 28? He's, he's on the younger side. He is. Yeah. He just turned 28. Okay. Turned 28 in October. So they, they'd be getting three prime seasons from a Cy Young winner. Yep. Um, so I would say, I mean, it, it, it's really hard to estimate from the outside, but I would say it would take trading uh, something like, let's say, Bradish, Kowser, um, maybe Fabian, and and like th- throwing throwing another. Uh, like, like wrong throwing throwing a pitching prospect of their choice. The Brewers have a have a very specific style. I'm sure that they they have certain guys in the Orioles system that they would want that might not be clear to us on the outside. But it w- it would take a it would take a very big package, not one that 
that you, you say, oh my God, there, like, there goes the farm system. It's not, I, I don't think it would quite be that bad, even though it would hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess a lot of it goes down too, to, and we don't know, like how Mike Elias view the, view, views these, these players. Like, does Mike Elias prefer Colton Kowser over Austin Hayes, maybe over, over Cedric Mullins? Does that, is that how, how he sees yeah, Colton question. Kowser? Yeah. Um, and, and same with a guy like, uh, uh, a Jordan Westberg, and I know I don't know how much too like the right-handed thing comes into play because he's a right-handed power hitter and with that wall, um, or compared to Joey Ortiz, like who does Elias like more, Westberg or, or Ortiz? Um, and so I think with with a lot of these, it, or even yeah, go ahead, yeah, even guys that are currently out in there like Cedric Mullins that some people say are blocking and in the way of of some of these young guys, yeah. or even that you might be able to trade now, or even you you mentioned Bradish, he's a really interesting guy because. There are days, you know, he's pitching against the Astros, throwing a no hitter, where you think mm-hmm. this guy, like this guy, is the top of their yeah, pitch. Yeah, I'm not train. He was um, way better coming back from injury. Like if you look at his season line, you say, "Eh, rookie struggling." But if you break it down, he he absolutely sucks before he got hurt. His first yeah. ten starts or so, he got he got rocked. His his fastball was right down the middle every time. But coming back from injury and working some more with the development staff, he he really buckled down. And that's when you saw some of the eight or nine inning starts. So you think Bradish is legit? He's he's a good. I do, I do. I think if he, I don't say he they he's a lock, they have to absolutely keep him. But if they keep him, I think they they're they can pretty comfortably get five good seasons out of him. What about Dean Kramer? Are you convinced about Dean Kramer? Just since we're talking about starting pitching, uh, I also like Kramer. I would pencil him into the opening day rotation. I don't think it. They'd have to be. They'd have. They'd have to have a specific target to trade him for some reason. Uh, but yeah, uh, Kramer has his peripheral. His peripherals are kind of iffy. Um, it like we we if you watch him pitch, it's pretty clear. Like, does he locate his cutter or does he not? Like, yeah. if he can't get a swing and a miss, then he struggles through five innings and turns it over to, to the bullpen. But if he's on, then he can give him six or seven good innings. So I, I would say he he is a pretty long leash, not an endless one though. At least three years could be a yeah. I mean, he's a, a guy who who three years ago was fantastic. Two years ago was one of the worst pitchers on the team, and then right. last year was really good again. And so you hope you get the really good, but yeah, um, and you hope you get more consistency out of him. But he seems like he could be like Bradish and Kramer. Seems like that's that's a good three four right there, or four five on a really yeah. good team. The other guy I wonder, and I've told Josh this before. I think there's no, there's not a player on this, on this roster in the organization that is more important than DL Hall because the ceiling is <laughs> as far as make it or break the it. The ceiling with DL Hall is so freaking high. A lot of people argue that his stuff is better than Grayson Rodriguez. Um, the only issue with like the major issue with him is lo- location and can he figure it out and become a starter. Um, how do you- Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. It's our ultimate Sleep Number event. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. 
This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. What are your thoughts on D.L. Hall? Is he, because we've seen this happen too, talking about trades, where maybe we should have traded some of these prospects before like they got ruined by us. Guys like Dylan Bundy, who we waited too long, Kevin Gosman, Hunter Harvey, like these are all guys that we could have gotten a ton of value for, but we held on to them too long. Mm-hmm. Is Deal Hall, like now he has a bunch of elite talent. Do you trade him now before he becomes completely broken? Or do you think like Deal Hall is a guy that we can that can become a legit top rotation arm? Hall, as you said, Hall really is the toughest one because it's so obvious how talented it is he is, and it's so obvious how flawed he is at the same yep. time. Like it, it it's really frustrating to watch at the major league level because when he's still in the minors, you say, yeah, there's time. He'll work it out. But okay, he's here. He's here. Like, he, is he is he going to contribute or not? And that's a tough decision. If It's really up to the front office to, to work through all his numbers and decide, do we think he's a starter? Do we think he's a reliever? Uh, if, if they think he's a reliever, that's fine. Either they can put him in the bullpen and say, we'll, we'll live with him being a, a, a good setup guy. Or they could trade him to a team who really believes he's a starter. Because I bet there's a, a really wide variety of opinions around the league. I bet there's ha, ha, there's 10 teams who say he's a starter, 10, 10 who say he's a reliever, and maybe five who say he's a bust, while five say he's kind of like a swing man. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I bet those are all very realistic possibilities. Um, so it's really up to the, to the O's front office to decide how they honestly view him. And then and then go from there. I personally think it, it's it's pretty tough to see him as a starter at this point. I, I think he'd be a he'd be a, a good multi inning reliever. Um, I would. With that said, I would only trade him if there is like a big enough. If they if there's if there's a real a real superstar that they're trading for. Yeah, yeah. Everyone I tend to. I more than ever. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I don't agree. I mean, the long ending reliever, I just cringe because I think of Keegan Aiken. I think <laughs> Deal Hall has way too much talent to do the Keegan Aiken role. But I, I understand what you're saying. Um, he'd be better than Aiken, though. He'd be doing yeah. the same thing, but he'd be better at it, which is yeah. like simple to say. But I mean, saying someone's a multi inning reliever is, is not the same thing as saying they're a long reliever. It just means right. it means that they they have enough pitches and they, their stuff is good enough that they can face more than three or four batters at once. Right, you're not you're not just asking them to eat up innings. Right. And get us through right. this. So, I do want to circle back to Blake Snell though. I, I mentioned him a few minutes ago. Um, I don't know if the Padres want to trade him. They probably don't since they lost a couple of starters to free agency, but if I was the Orioles for an office, he would be the pitcher that I want to target in a trade. 
Really? Uh, that, yes. Uh, his, his value is down from when, from when he won a Cy Young. That was four years ago. Four years, as we know, is might as well be four decades in the baseball world. Uh, but he's still a good pitcher. He's still incredibly talented. Uh, and I think that the Orioles would get him back, not to Cy Young form, but they could get him back to all-star form. The Padres have a have a have a shakier development system uh they're 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 i'm not trustworthy of their coaching coaching staff mm-hmm. uh but i am trustworthy of the orioles pitching pitching program as we saw this year i think they could they could find a better pitch mix that would that would suit him better and he wouldn't come with a high price because his value because he's been so inconsistent over the years he pitched really well down the stretch and we saw he was pretty good in the playoffs as well which is probably why the Padres would hang on to him at this point. But if they trade him, this is where we could see a, a, a like a, a major leaguer for major leaguer trade. I think the Orioles could send Austin Hayes to the Padres, who could really use an outfielder, um, and they might get a another player in return. There's people are probably split on which of them has a higher value, Snell or Hayes. But so the Orioles could get really good value by trading for Jake, Blake Snell. They could get they could get a really good starter without without dipping too deep into prospects or, or young young major league talent. But the big issue with the Padres is they're still struggling with that luxury tax, right? Mm-hmm. We're still above it. So it would be kind of they would want to kind of get rid of him to save some money. Yeah, that's so they wouldn't the want to get paper. anyone. Right. So the yeah. Orioles could take that money on. And give them someone much more affordable, like an Austin Hayes. Look at Josh, or, or knowing the intricacies of the financial situation of the San Diego Padres. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know, I know that I haven't heard any rumors about Blake Snell. I know that back in July or whatever, there were rumors because of the luxury tasks. Yeah, and I and Snell I know that the Padres are the type of organization year. that haven't changed too much. What? Right. So we could take on Snell, and uh, Austin Hayes is probably at what. Five hundred thousand. Well, no, he's no, in he's, arbitration. He's, a, he's so. entering arbitration. He's a few million. Yeah, he's in arbitration. All right, so he's so not making million dollars. Yeah, I, I would just looked it up. I was really surprised. I assume because we all know Blake Snell from his Tampa Bay days. We're familiar with Blake Snell. I thought for sure this guy's in his mid thirty because I felt like he was with the no, Rays a while ago. Yeah, he, he hurt the Orioles. He's twenty nine. He's twenty nine. He hasn't even turned thirty mm-hmm. yet. Like that. That's really surprising to me. I thought he was a lot older. And yeah, his numbers last year were were, were pretty good. Um. So yeah, that's an interesting. Interesting idea. And I wonder how much um, – yeah, I, I wonder – I'm sure Michael Elias is looking into all these things. And I wonder um, – we hear the obvious trade rumors, but I also wonder if there could be a kind of under-the-radar guy that no one's really talking about that Elias thinks he can get – he thinks his coaches can get more out of. And, well, uh, yeah, it might be uh, interesting yeah. to watch. There's probably a Guardian <laughs> yeah, starter well, that he has his eyes on. Given how many how many good pitchers they have, who all, yeah, get, who all get overlooked across the league, they're all overlooked and they're all good. Yep. Now, the the guy we haven't talked about yet that I think is an interesting move as well is uh, Tariq Skubal mm-hmm. from the uh, Tigers. Tigers because he got because he got hurt last year, so he's really not going to start pitching next year until mid season, uh, which kind of I know. On Section 336, we are all on board with the Orioles 2023 World Series. But we also know what is against us. And we know John Means not being able to pitch until late May, early June. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez having his very first year. And 
there's going to be some struggles, especially that first half. D.L. Hall putting it together. It makes me wonder if maybe having a guy like Scooble that has longer control, he's team control through 2026, and getting him in that second half doesn't set this team up for 2023, but sets it up for 2024 ongoing. And let's 2023 take the next, the Orioles get to take the next step from last year, and then liftoff is really the following year. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know, Josh. I don't. I think it's. I. I think it's a terrible idea. Um, first, of why? Because because you don't know how he's going to come back hurt because after being hurt. That and I care about next year. We got John Means coming back in the second yeah. half. So also, like, I don't know how good he is. I, I don't know a lot about Schoolboy. I look at his numbers. The numbers don't blow me away. And we have, like, again, it goes back to the argument. We have both. We have Wells. We have Kramer. We have Bradish. We have a lot of good pitchers. What we need is elite, great pitchers. And Scooble doesn't get me excited as being one of those, that kind of number one, number two guy that I want, right? At this point, if we're doing a trade, honestly, that's where I'm at. Even with free agent signings, to be honest. Just just, just give me great players. Um, I'm done with good players. Um, I want Bassett. I want Rendon. I want DeGrom. I, I really like Evaldi. Outside of that, yeah, I'm kind of like, whatever. Um, that's not... I, I, that that we have we have a bunch of guys. Um, what we need right. here is elite talent, and so Scooble I think is another guy, and and I want elite talent. So Scooble Scooble interests me because the Tigers were supposed to be a few years ahead of us on this rebuild, and it didn't work. And Scooble's a bright spot in there, but because it didn't work, they're basically blowing it up and starting over again, and they're taking calls on everyone because of that. So the reason we've heard about like a, a, a very vague, a very vague rumor regarding the Scooble is because the, the Tiger said during the deadline, you, you know, maybe we'll just, well, maybe we'll just trade everyone. But like Josh <laughs> just, just mentioned, like, like what the hell kind of, uh, which is definitely what a, what a, a GM about to be fired would say. And Avila <laughs> was fired. So now the, the Tigers have a whole new front office, Scott Harris, gets rave reviews from industry insiders. I don't know much about him, but anyone who comes out of the Giants front office is already a good sign. So he, he's going to run things a different way, and I bet he took all those players off the table. I, I really doubt mm-hmm. that he would trade Scooble or Manning. The Tigers have some pretty good young pitching, um, and those are the guys that they really need to build around. So I, I just don't see them being trade candidates. Right. Whether they're good for the Orioles or not doesn't, doesn't really matter. So, so we missed our window. We should have we should have gotten it in July, kind of like when Duquette just started dumping it was everyone. Like a one week window. <laughs> no, but can I'm I sure Elias made a call, at least one call. <laughs> um, can, can I just make one more comment about trade? A question about trades. So for me, I get my viewpoint is going into this season, there are some unknowns. We don't know exactly when John Means will be back. We don't know kind of how Grace Rodriguez will kind of transition to the majors. We think it'll go swimmingly, but we don't know for sure. Um, we have a bunch of guys who we really like, like Kyle Bradish and Dean Kramer. We have other guys who have performed well last year, Austin Voth, Tyler Wells, that we think can build on last year. Hopefully we sign a, a free agent, a Bassett, an Enavaldi, a Rondon. Given that, it seems to make sense in my, in my own head to like, we're good enough, hopefully we'll sign a middle-of-the-order bat Maybe we can get to what that looks like because I don't think there's a whole lot out there. But hopefully we'll do what Elias said and sign a middle-of-the-order bat. 
So in my mind, it makes sense to save your bullets, if you will, right? To save those prospects and then reevaluate at midseason. Has John Means come back? Is John Means pitching well? Is he healthy? What other injuries have occurred in, in, in your rotation? And kind of look at um, how is D Hall? Has DL Hall made the step? Is he a starter? Is he a reliever? Hopefully by midpoint next year, you kind of have a, a better idea of that. And then at the trade deadline, that's when you say, okay, now we have a clearer picture of our rotation. We have a clearer picture of who we are. Now we can use the Jordan Westbergs, the Colton Cowsers. Now we can use our bullets to make these trades. Um, and maybe they'll be a slightly cheaper because it's a half a year less of control. Um, doesn't that make sense um, to, to wait? What's the advantage, I guess, of pulling the trigger now? Why not wait to see how things play out and, and see how Pablo Lopez pitches? See who's healthy. Um, why not just kind of hold off on these conversations till the trade deadline? I think the main reason is that this is once the window is open, like it it closes relatively soon. So you really got to take advantage once it's open. And by mid season, it honestly might be too late. If things go sour, then all of a sudden the Orioles are sellers again and the fan base is pissed. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? Can we just imagine what happens if they're sellers at the trade deadline for four months? Nashville. (laughs) Right. So, so now, now really is the time. Once it's open, you got to go for it. And the other thing is that teams have more trade partners during the offseason. You can get more creative mm-hmm. when there's no games going on. You got more time to think through the roster. And once moves are made, there's more time to react to those moves as well. The, the deadline, everything's hectic. Once someone makes a trade, uh, like every team only has a few hours to react to that trade. Um, so, in the during the also there you're more limited by who you can trade with it's almost every trade is buyer and a seller and with pretty pretty few ex- exceptions there during the off season like with the Teoscar trade you can see more teams uh dealing between buyers and buyers or or sellers and sellers or something in between so the if the Orioles want to make uh, a bit of a splash it's better to to get a get out ahead than be left behind because you might be left behind by the deadline. Yeah, that's true. And, I, and maybe I'll take back that it'd be cheap because half a year, less control. When, if, like for some reason, the the Brewers are terrible and they want to trade uh, Burns, now all of a sudden you have every competitive team throwing out their best offer for Corbin Burns, possibly driving the price higher than it is even now. Um, but that's the guy everyone thinks will put him over the top. Um, yeah, it's it's... It's a fair point. Um, not to not to mention, it's how many wins you you would contribute to that. Because if making the deal now gets you five more wins, sure. and then at the half you're down five wins, that's a big difference. And that that's the type of difference that makes you buyers or sellers. Right. So yeah, it's a big difference. Um, you want to get to real quick some free agency before we wrap the show up. I want I want to talk about one specific free. All agency. right, go ahead. Well, no, I, because Ben's our guest. Tonight, his article, I guess, I don't know if you write articles every Tuesday, but it seems like your new articles keep coming out while we're doing the podcast. <laughs> and today you wrote about uh, Bogarts, mm-hmm. a guy that, oh. as Oriole fans, we don't really like him. <laughs> we're used to him in Boston, and I don't, I don't like the guy. But we keep hearing about Correa, maybe Turner, and these other elite shortstops. But you made a case on Bogarts. Mm-hmm. So I'll start by saying that the Tuesdays is more or less a coincidence. I 
I don't publish on specific days, but uh, I guess that is funny. Maybe I'll keep that in mind, purposely give you something to talk about. Yeah, give us a heads up a little bit before we hit record. (laughs) Okay. Um, But I'll start by saying that that we at Birds Watch have been covering all four top shortstops. Uh, My co-expert, Jocelyn, wrote about Dansby Swanson and and Trey Turner. Uh, Sorry, not Turner, and, and Correa. While one of our contributors, Daniel, wrote about uh, Trey Turner, uh, so so I kind of rounded out the, the the quadrant by writing about Bogarts, and I think there is a real case for Bogarts that no one's really paid attention to. Do I think the Orioles sign him? No, they probably won't even pursue him uh, if they get a shortstop. I think it's Correa or, or Bust, basically. Um, but it's at least worth considering why why Bogarts is worth pursuing. He's an excellent hitter. He's hit. He's hit. He's been one of the best hitters for five seasons. Uh, they've seen him play 18 times a year. They know how good he is. Um, and he got much better on defense this year. We all saw it. Uh, his, his defense was better across the board. All the, the metrics rarely agree on, on players, but they agree on Bogarts. He got much better this year. Uh, so he can stick at shortstop for at least two or three more years while people were worried that he, he might move to second or third as soon as next season. And that's not going to happen. Um, and because they're so used to him, there's actually an appeal there. Signing Bogarts means he won't be on the Red Sox anymore. He won't be on any other AL East teams. He'll be playing for the Orioles instead of against them. Um, it's not so different from how fans like boo players during the Super Bowl and then their team signs him next offseason and then, yay, we're rooting for them. Like it's f- Fandom is very fickle, <laughs> especially when it comes to players. Uh, so signing someone who you've rooted against for years really really doesn't uh, doesn't come into the consideration, come into yeah. the equation. Well, and that's also part of the reasons why I want the Orioles to sign Nathan Evaldi because I've seen Evaldi dominate the Orioles on so many occasions that you almost have – and the same with Snell, I guess, too, when he was so good with the Rays. You have – you're right. Like being as a fan, you see these guys all the time and you have kind of more respect for what they do then, I mean, how often have, have we watched Dansby Swanson play? Like, not – I've watched him play some in Atlanta, but but not not much, right? So um, there's a great – and we know Turner well, actually, from his time with the Nationals, not with the Dodgers. Um, is there – Ben, you said, I think, that Correa is the most likely. Is he the, also the guy that you think – I mean, they're all going to cost $30 million plus a year, insane amount of money. If you could have your pick from mm-hmm. your, your Swanson, your Bogarts – your Correa, your, your Turner, who do you think the Orioles should target in, the, in those guys if they were to target if, one of them? If I was the Orioles, I would go for Correa. If I was GM of generic baseball team, uh, my my pick would be Trey Turner. I think I think he's uh, the safest player of the bunch. Uh, he's, he's an absolutely great hitter. He, he will make contact everywhere in the strike zone. He has elite speed. We we can all see it. He's, he's a ton of fun to watch. His defense – has gotten shakier last couple seasons. We saw that in the playoffs. He booted a couple of plays, uh, but he he would be a fine second baseman, as we've also seen. Uh, I'm not really worried about that. Uh, he just gets enough hits that it really doesn't matter what else happens on the field. He he really he he would be an absolute fire starter. And imagine a lineup where Mateo's hitting ninth, hmm. Turner's first, Mullins is second. I mean, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're gonna be they're gonna be stealing home on every play. Yeah. Yeah, that's the the speed thing is fun to think about, and we know Michael Elias values speed, right? We we know he values mm-hmm. that, 
And so that's right. something that I think is unique with him compared to the other shortstops is the the speed that he brings. I'm curious to see because Michael Eyes did say he's looking for a middle of the order bat. If shortstop's not the answer because these guys cost too 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 much money, and if you want to argue that we have all these prospects and Gunnar Henderson at short and Mateo there, um, so we don't need a shortstop. I just don't know. We saw Jose Abreu uh, signed uh, with with Houston. Right. Who do they sign otherwise? Yeah. The best hitters are, are otherwise Judge and Nimmo. The Orioles don't need a center fielder, they're, and they're not going to pay up for either of them. Like, who, who do you sign otherwise? The, right, the who is the middle-of-the-order bat? Who's there? Yeah, it, it, it's, not a, it's not a great hitter's market outside of Judge and the shortstops. Yeah. But I think our offense last year, I mean, pe- people forget, we were not an elite offense. We were in the middle um, in most offensive categories. So we need to improve our offense. I think Gunner being here all year will help that. Adley being here all year will help that. But still, we need to get better offensively. And mm-hmm. I'm a little concerned that there's not going to be guys who, who can really improve us. Um, maybe a Josh yeah, Bell. I don't know. The other thing is that after after the players I mentioned, the, the next best hitter is Wilson Contreras. And the very last thing the Orioles need is a star catcher. Yeah, uh, they basically signed him to be a, a a DH, which is like why why pay up for for a DH? You can you that you can can do internally. Yeah, the bat fits, but not the position. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Rizzo already signed. Right. Abreu signed, as I mentioned. Yeah, you just I mean, yeah, it's just uh, it's running out of you're you're running out of middle of the order bats. And there's some other bats like you might like like I I like Ben Ben, ben Attendi. Um for a lot Maybe. of the reasons you like Bogarts, like yeah. the, the the whole Red Sox thing. I like Josh Bell. Um, but I don't know if I see any of these guys as you can slot him in as your number four, number three, number four, number not no, and number five hitter in this lineup. Yeah, Bell is like the most no. inconsistent consistent hitter in baseball. He'll be an MVP for two weeks and then a, a total bust for two weeks. You really never know what you're going to get. Yep. Or you could get a guy like an older guy like Cody Bellinger. Wow. Another guy. Flags. Older guy, you're putting him in there. That's. I, I mean, it all depends. It's not. It's not. It's not the top of line guys. It's not the guys that excite me. But it's another guy who's out there. Yeah. I mean, I place in first base. I mean, we, that reminds me a little bit of, I mean, not the track record, but Jorge Mateo, where you're taking a guy who has a ton of talent and it's kind of fall, right. fall, fallen off for whatever reason. Cody Bollinger, been great, fell off the past couple of years. But to me, this is not, the Orioles aren't in the position of reclamation projects. They're not in the position now of let's take a chance on this guy. I don't want to take chances on guys. I don't want, I mean, what did we doing last year? They did last year, what, the, the, the outfielder for, for the Rays, what's his name? Oh, I'm blanking on it. Who they brought in for a couple of weeks? Oh, oh, Brett oh. Phillips. Brett Phillips. I'm not in the yeah, Brett, Brett Phillips. Phillips. That made no sense. Business right now. I'm not in the. the this guy that? had super a super good run in the World Series. Let's take a chance on him. Right. Business. I'm not in the Hazu Aguilar business. Like we're done with no, that. You, you, I want time for stars. Yeah, I want proven major league talent who is an upgrade over what we have now. No, I want a guy that you put on a banner on the side of the warehouse in February when you want to sell tickets. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. And there's there's not very many of those guys out there, unfortunately. Um, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Josh, anything else we missed you want to get to today before we wrap this thing up? No, I mean, this is the most baseball talk we've probably gotten into in a few weeks. <laughs> really digging into this offseason. 
Yeah, we have the winter meetings coming up, so hopefully next week. Exciting. Yeah, yeah. hopefully at least the the rumors will pick up. At least I don't know if the action will pick up, but I the rumors. The will problem pick is up. we got the you got the winter meetings, and then suddenly it's like, oh wait, let's get excited, excited, excited. Then it's like, oh, it's Christmas, New Year's. We're gonna take a couple weeks and lay back. Well, where <laughs> I want a Christmas present. I want something before Christmas. You, I want him to come wrapped in a box and pop out on Christmas, Josh. You want, you want them to have Carlos Correa in this big box yeah. and he just pops out on Christmas in the county yards. Um, yeah, kind of like uh, National Lampoon. We're going to go kidnap Correa, tie yeah. him up, and bring him to Camden Yards. Yeah, you know, you know, I'll be here to Michael Elias. We just deliver him to Michael Elias. This is what you wanted. We brought him. Here you go. This is what you said you wanted. It's liftoff. No, I, but you know I'll be dissecting Michael Elias' quotes because he'll, he'll have some interviews over winter meetings, and I'll be dissecting his quotes I, compared to what I he said I'm at the end the of the season to now. What? I think I'm over the Michael Elias quotes. Show me some action. You're right now. You're all words, Mike. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing does has he does he make an effort now to lower expectations a little bit halfway through the offseason? I don't know. I'm curious if, to see. I don't know if you guys pay attention to NASA. I don't, but people down here in Florida do because Cape Canaveral is not that far away. And I'll tell you what, they keep trying to launch some stupid rocket and they keep saying, oh, today's the day and people up here all get up at 4 a.m. so that they can get a glimpse of the rocket in the sky. And every day, oh, it's too foggy. Oh, there was some other issue with the rocket and it never launches. And I feel like that's my Goliath. Talk, 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 talk. There's been no liftoff. It's I can coming, guarantee sure. you he'll do one thing next week because ne- next week is a national holiday in Birdland because the Rule 5 draft is coming. And if we know one thing about the Orioles is that they draft a player in the Rule 5. So we will oh. have a new major leaguer to talk about, even if it's not the I'm one glad. that we've heard of or even think if they're, I'm glad you brought up the rule good five. or talented. I don't Matt and I, Matt and I talked about this last year, last week. Why would you draft a Rule 5 player this year if you're the Baltimore Orioles? They Someone that you got a, a, a roster spot for one. Where they they could get they could get a, a second baseman or a f- first baseman. Remember, rule five. So now you're giving up a bench a spot. You're getting you're get drafting the twenty sixth man on the roster. It's they can right. certainly get a backup catcher. I think this would be a great opportunity to get a backup catcher, and they could they could certainly get a bullpen arm. There's lots of lots of bullpen arms out there. So you're saying you don't need who it. could go to the bullpen and play better. So you're saying you don't need a veteran catcher to work with Adley? You're no, you're going well, bringing what, in a guy what, what with does no Adley need? experience. He's already the second you're, best catcher in baseball. No, I well, I think veterans always bring you something. I think you mentioned bringing a starter pitcher. Why would you bring in a pitcher that's with no experience? Like I don't know. I just don't see a Rule Five opening on this on this year. I, I, I think it would be the, the biggest shocker of the offseason if they don't draft someone. Hey, Matt, you're muted. You're muted. You're talking. You're muted. If you want to just move your mouth, I can just make words for you. No, Josh, I can. I have my own mouth. I can talk for myself. Thank you very much. There you go. I, I'm not going to go as far as Ben saying it would be the biggest shocker if we don't uh, do anything in the Rule 5. To me, it would be the biggest shocker if we don't you know, address our needs in the rotation or the middle of the lineup. <laughs> But, but I will say, like I, I kind of agree with Ben, where a veteran catcher. What are we talking about? It's, it's Adley Rutschman. I'm not worried about a veteran catcher for Adley Rutschman. Um, and then so I, I don't and put him through waivers. Like they, I don't, I don't want to give up a bench spot yeah, yeah. or a bullpen spot with someone I can't trust. 
Okay, so fine. So I, I agree. I would not draft someone in the rule five unless but but again, you don't have to keep them the whole season. You can draft them, they can come to your spring training, you can see if this is a good fit for your organization. If it's not, you, you ship them back and pay the five hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is. Um got it. Or Great. you can keep them on. But I agree, if if it happens, I think it's most likely to happen in the bullpen. I think there's arguments to be made that there are some spots that could potentially be open in, in that bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's typically where if you want to hide somebody, you can hide him in the bullpen a little bit to figure that. But but think about the success we had recently with Tyler Wells as a rule five guy in the bullpen, a ton of success. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at the success. I don't know. Actually, I don't know how good Zach Pop was with Miami, but he was good enough to not be sent back. Um, so I think there is an ability, especially with our coaching and and what we've done with bullpen arms to maybe acquire a bullpen arm. I, I would not expect us to get a position player. I just don't think there's room on our roster with what we have in AAA and with what we have in the major league roster. I don't think there's room for a position player, but I could see a bullpen arm, maybe a backup catcher, since there's only one catcher on the roster right now. <laughs> right. The rule five is extremely low risk. It, it costs $100,000 to draft a player, and if you – if they don't pan out, then you send them back to the team. That's it. That's the whole risk. So to me, it's 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 really only the elite elite teams who already have twenty six good major leaguers like the Dodgers that don't draft anyone. Like there, to me, there's really no reason for the O's not to not to take a chance. Yeah, and as as of, and they're prepared to right as of now. I don't know what's the mm-hmm. roster at 30, 37, 30, 30, 30, 39. Okay, so just the one spot. Um, and presumably when we sign free agents, we'll have to make room. But I feel like there are, we've been through this before. There's some some guys you could remove with the, off the 40-man um, and not cry about it. Um, so, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what the what the Orioles do. But unlike other years, too, they don't have a top Rule 5 pick uh, for what it's worth. They'll be more in the middle. That does come into the, the pick. into the conversation because might, there might be a guy they really like who gets picked and then they'll say, okay, well – we 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 missed out, so we'll just pass. I think I think there there's a possibility of that. Yeah. Who was there? They didn't do a rule five last year. Is that right? They didn't do the rule no, five draft. They did not do rule five. Think, last who, though, yeah, say they, again, didn't I, I, they didn't no have rule a rule five, five draft last year. So because of the correct, yeah, negotiations, labor. Right. Um, I don't. I, you know, you got me interested in the catcher position. Because I didn't think about that as a backup catcher. So, uh, and I saw the Nationals do have Drew Millas, who's out there, who um, they're saying they're dumping because they've got too much depth in the catching position. And he's a 24-year-old switch hitter. And in the Arizona Fall League, he batted 305 Mm -hmm. and 825 OPS. So if you're trying to get a bat and this random guy that will play on Sundays, maybe... Maybe a catcher is a spot for a Rule 5. Millis is one of the better options. I, I can tell you he was a trade acquisition in, in 2021. They got him from the from the A's. It's hard to believe the A's were trading away prospects just, just a season ago, but, but it's true, yeah. Um, Millis had, had kind of, has kind of a down season this year. Uh, he did play better in the Fall League, but, I, but you should always take Fall League stats with a big grain of salt because of, of the offensive right. environment. Um, I will say there's a couple other options. Blake's Blake Hunt is a prospect in the Ray system. He was part of the Blake Snell trade, um, coming back to him, um, who's also declined offensively, but could, but the Orioles couldn't find 
unlock his potential. Um, the Rockies also have a have a good guy named, hang on, I'll find it, Roniker Palma uh, in single A. Uh, I'd be I'd be kind of surprised if they took a guy who hasn't played above double, above single A. Uh, but the, this guy's got a really good arm. Uh, he hit over, I think he hit 300 this year, which is pretty impressive for a single A catcher. Uh, so there are options out there. All right. Well, the winter meetings start on Sunday. So Wednesday would be the uh, Rule 5 draft. So it'll be interesting to see anything next week. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, guys, good show, everybody. Good show. Ben, where can people, I mean, people can go to Birds Watcher, right, to, to read your stuff. Yep. Anything else yeah. you want to plug right now? every day. Um, I am co- co-site expert with Josh Lynn. He does a great job with me editing articles and, and posting them in time and write, writing a lot of his, his own great work. Um, you can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. Birds Watcher has an active page on both sites. Uh, if you want to reach me personally, at Schneidy Nation on Twitter. All right. I don't know. I don't think at Schneidy Nation. I don't think I even follow you. I have to start following you on Twitter. Um, so, yeah. I know. Well, you should. Yeah. Well, this is. Well, I'm rectifying the wrong. I'm rectifying the wrong. Um, Josh, anything you want to plug here before we get out of here? No, we're all good. Really? You don't say anything about Fine. t-shirts or something? Yeah, yeah, something yeah, everyone knows. Go on over to birdlandsports.com for your best Orioles shirts and uh, Christmas ornaments and anything else you want. Right there. All right. People know that. Keep going. All right. Well, thanks for listening, boys and girls. You can always follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Rooker. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always... Go O's. Find somebody. Or trade for somebody. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. It never dawned on me how much walking I used to do until I bought a house in the suburbs. Like when I'd say, I'm going for coffee, of course I was walking. But now it's like three miles, and no latte's worth that. I find myself inviting people on walks with me, like it's a scheduled activity. This morning, my neighbor asked me what I'm doing, and I actually said, I'm going for a walk with Nancy. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. 
Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. 